Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and eBooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Space Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome back to Resilience Unraveled. And um, we have a lively guest tonight uh, with, with the world's longest name. I mean, basically, I need to get myself ready to get to say hello and welcome to Amy Wong. <laughs> Was that right? It is. That is right. It is so great to Come be on, here. You've got a secret middle name as well. Come on, share I, it with the world. Yes, Amy Alisa Wong. <laughs> it's lovely to meet you. So, Amy, thank you for joining us today. Um, I know you're on the other side of the pond, so you tell me which part of the world you're in and what the weather's like. Yes. Well, I am currently in Berkeley, California. So on the West coast of the United Oof. States. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice. <laughs> yeah, it is nice. I mean, the weather is about 70 degrees right now. It's sunny. It's lovely with a nice breeze. Yeah. Feels like. Holiday. So we should, should we just finish now? It's just saying, I hate you. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> because it's nine degrees here today, centigrade. So I mean, you know, oh. and it's lashing down with rain and it's the last day of May. So what can I say? Oh my goodness. Well, my heart goes out to you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're not here to discuss my woes. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for the question. Well, I am a, a leadership coach and I have been doing this for over 10 years and um, I am blessed with an amazing husband and, and two children and two dogs. And so living the good life, but the work that I do now, um, I've been doing this truly really over a decade and I just, I feel so blessed because it's um, definitely, it's not a job. It's, I feel like I live a miracle every day. So I partner with leaders and teams on all things, growth, transformation, and flow. And a, an area of expertise of mine is all things communication. And that's really fascinating for folks. It's very interesting because many people get that most everything is happening in that medium of communication. And so most everybody wants to get better at that. And so for me, that layer of communication is an entry point for all things transformation because communication is a symptom. It's really an effect of that relationship we have with ourselves. So this has been fascinating to me for you know the past decade. Prior to that, I was in tech and I worked at Sun Microsystems, if you remember the name back I in the do. day. Blimey. Yeah, that's yeah. a name from the past. Yeah. Right. A dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I was there for 10 years and, um, you know, so the really, and the reason I ended up in that is I ended, I was, I, I studied mathematics at UC Berkeley. And so technical for the first part of my life, after I had my first child, I went back and got my master's in transpersonal psychology. And 
really with no idea what I was going to do with it. I just wanted to study it. It was fascinating to me. And little did I know that the, the synthesis of that left brain thinking of mathematics and the right brain thinking of transpersonal psychology, it would lend itself perfectly for coaching. And so coaching found me, you know, in, in 2010, and it's just been, it's, it's been a dream come true ever since. Brilliant. Um, just talk, talk a little, for those who don't know, just talk a little bit about transpersonal psychology in terms of being different from other types of psychology. Yeah, for sure. So psychology, as we know it, is that study of mental processes and human behavior. And, and it's, it's rich and wonderful in its own right. And transpersonal psychology is more of a systems approach to psychology. And so rather than just being limited to mental processes, we're looking at the systems view of of human, the human condition. So it's factoring in, you know, consciousness in the womb, it's factoring, it's factoring in consciousness as a whole, you know, a lineage. It's looking at, um, I mean, it pulls in ancient wisdom traditions. So it's a much larger study of, of psychology. And, um, and I always say to folks, it's cause you know, it's my, my math brain. I'll say, you know, what, what quantum mechanics is to physics Transpersonal psychology is to psychology in the inverse. So it's it's that it's the flipping in the in the in the and it uh, of of that relationship. Yeah. Yes, it's a more sort of holistic approach, isn't it? It sweeps lots of other things in its place. I suppose probably we're over superseded by positive psychology now, but um, you know it's uh, yeah. it's it's quite useful to have that that phrase, isn't it? And like oh. it's Maslow and Frankel who are the sort of proponents of that approach, aren't they? I that is absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Carl Jung was a big one as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, of course, everyone goes back to Jung, don't they? So <laughs> it just becomes a, a mash if you're not careful. Anyway, it well, really t- yeah. So you talked about communication and you talked yeah. about other things, but I know you're interested in resilience itself as well. So oh. um, and thriving. So we all like a bit of thriveology. So tell us yeah. a little bit about your approach. Yeah. Well, I love to, I love to think about resiliency through the lens of growth, because we are interfacing with the stuff of life and every moment and everything that we experience really is, is, is contributing to our growth. So we're growing, whether we like it or not, our perspectives are growing, our beliefs are growing. We're, we're just, we're growing. And I I like to, it's, it's not a necessarily a one-to-one mapping growth and resilience, but they really do go hand in hand. And the way I like to talk about resilience is by thinking about growth in two ways. And so when you think about all the ways in which you can grow, I I share two ways and it's either we grow by accident or we grow on purpose. And when we want to be resilient and we truly want to thrive, then what can be really powerful is to very simply take a look at this and say, okay, all of this stuff of life, it's either going to be, I'm going to either grow by accident from it, or I'm going to grow on purpose. And so if I want to be resilient and truly take life by the horns and, and, and just maximize my well-being, then I want to embrace both because most of us just want to focus on growth on purpose because that's the stuff that's wanted. That's the stuff we planned for. That's the stuff we were hoping for. We were willing to get dis- uncomfortable for that, but it's the growth by accident that we tend to not want to look at. Cause it's yes. usually riddled with shame or disappointment or whatever it might embarrassment, because it's that stuff is the stuff of failures and mistakes and mishaps and setbacks. But 
when we have tools to truly harness both categories, that's when we live on purpose. Yeah. And, and so, that is, yeah, yeah, please. And, but so what is purpose? Mm. Because um, I just see you drinking there. So I'll just co- continue the question whilst you have a good old slurp. Um, <laughs> that was the magic behind the microphone there. Um, <laughs> so because of course it's, it's a, a verb and a noun and a, a, an okay. adverb and an adjective and all that sort of stuff. So what's your take on it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I use, I use purpose in, in this context as an adverb, so on purpose, meaning yeah. it is intentional. We are, we are fully harnessing choice with full intention and awareness me when we can choose to be on purpose when we can choose to harness our choice points and respond instead of react to life that's where that's that's where the magic comes from and so what i'm what i'm speaking of right now it's 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 purpose as an adverb on purpose yeah good makes sense um but also i believe in the other thing which is about doing things with a sense of purpose as well, isn't Absolutely. it? It's about knowing where you're going, but doing it purposefully, isn't it? It's interesting that our company's uh, slogan is performance on purpose. So oh. it sort of uses that pun, doesn't it? And yeah. therapy on purpose. So I've used that phrase a, long, a lot and I really like it. And yeah. I know when uh, we saw the title of your book, it was, we must talk because the <laughs> book's, co- you need to tell us what the book's called, but I think people can probably guess by now. <laughs> Yes. So the book is called Living on Purpose, Five Deliberate Choices to Realize Fulfillment and Joy. So and so so why did you write it? The work I've been doing, it's been over 10 years of the most incredible conversations with the most diverse set of individuals. And I was really picking up on very powerful themes that I felt like it's just so clear to me that more people need to know about this. So in 2014, I knew exactly what this book needed to be, but I also knew I wasn't ready to write it because I was still in the process of getting research and accumulating the client stories and just really playing in the data and working it through. And it was in 2019 that I knew, okay, I've got this. I know what I need to do. Let's make this happen. And then really through it, through a series of very synchronous, somewhat magical steps, it, it came to life beginning of, uh, beginning of 2020. And, and now here we are with published book in 2022. Mm. Yeah. And so how did you, um, because actually writing something is something you do on purpose, isn't it? So that is exactly how- right. <laughs> so how did you apply your own methods to actually getting the thing done? Because I've famously not written seven books now. So I'm just interested to see how you've achieved one. <laughs> you know, it's, well, the whole, the, my book really, it, it, it centers around this amazing superpower we all have, which is choice. And choice is everything. Absolutely. And how we harness that choice. I, I, you know, I refer to Viktor Frankl's quote a lot, which you're probably familiar that quote. It's so beautiful between stimulus and response. There is space. Yeah. Yeah. And in that space lies our ability to choose our response. And in our choice lies our freedom and our growth. And, you know, I knew that there was going to be a point where I had to commit to writing. Okay. It's not, it's, 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 it is, it's go time. And I decided that ready was not that feeling of ready. It's not an emotion. It's a choice. And so I just had to harness that and say, I'm, 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 and make that commitment, just claim it. I'm doing this. And then that's when the moment I made that decision, I chose it. 
then everything changed. But, but to me, the magic is in claiming that choice. It's like, what, what will you choose? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think people, I, I totally, totally agree with you. And, uh, it's, it's going to be a double podcast because you and I think are going to be agreeing with everything we say to each other. But that <laughs> thing about choices is really important. And, yeah. and choice and for me and accountability go together because people oh, yeah. say, well, I had a choice and say, well, I couldn't because I had to do this or you made me do that or whatever it might be. And that and those two things are really powerful, aren't they? Um, oh. And I'm listening to myself saying that and saying, of course, the reason that someone doesn't do something is because they've chosen to do something else. That's right. That's right. And I, I, you know, I say this a lot to myself and I'll share it with clients is the chief source of failure is choosing what you want in the moment over what you really want. And so that to me kind of captures the the slipperiness of choice because we can say, well, you know, I, I, I want to be healthy, but yet I really want this bag of potato chips and watch the game right now. And, and so it's like, we have to really look at like, well, what is it that we truly, truly, truly want and have to be honest with ourselves and then ask, like, what is the choice that that aligns with what we truly want, not with what we want in the moment? Yes. And of course, um, chemically, we're not set up to, you know, to have that deferred gratification. That's the challenge, isn't it? So we're sort of, you know, constantly investing in cognitive processing and energy to be able to actually achieve that. So it's a bit of a challenge. So aligning your chemistry with your purpose is actually quite important, isn't it? So that idea of having quick wins is quite important, isn't it? Oh, it it absolutely is. Absolutely is. You know, and there's little things you can do too. Like, I love that you said aligning your chemistry with your purpose is important, you know, and that's where self-care, making sure you're getting enough sleep, making sure you're eating well, making sure you're active, because if we're not in an optimal state, it's going to be even harder to find the, the bandwidth and those reserves inside. Yeah. to make the choice that truly serves us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. Okay. So to tell me a bit more about the book, what's in it, what will, um, who's it written for? Yeah. What will I learn? What will I be getting from it? Okay. Well, this book is a collection of my own personal stories of growth and transformation, along with a lot of other client stories mixed with a bit of social neuroscience to present a roadmap. And the feedback I've been getting from folks is this is really kind of like a manual. This, this reads like a manual. And for me, I think because of my math degree back in the day, the way my brain works, I want to present something almost like a math proof. So let, let me present it in this logical order. That's really easy to follow. And what the book is, is it's a roadmap of five choices and really they're, they're perceptual shifts that we choose to make in order to stop the self-sabotage and, and, and get rid of these, this, the self-imposed limitation that we don't even realize we're doing because it's born in our, our belief system and in the t- interpretations we make that we end up really muting the quality of our own life. And these five choices are perceptual shifts that you choose to take on. And it really will unlock you from an old way of being that feels either restricted or heavy or not enough into being more present, joyful and buoyant. And those, you know, and it's, and so I, I present, you know, I try to present a strong case for each of these. It's not airy fairy, like, Oh, just, you know, don't worry, be happy. You know, it's not like that. It's, you know, these, these choices are, they're backed up with a fair amount of examples and, and, and some research as to why it would actually serve you to take on, for example, you know, to feel it out, don't figure it out. 
as one of the choices, right? Because there's so much in that statement. And really what this book does is really unpack and double click on, well, what does that mean to feel it out, not figure it out? And how does that actually serve you and allow you to live the life that you were born to live? Yeah. Yeah. So, so unpack that a bit for me then, because, uh, so, so why, why? So tell me a little bit, well, just unpack it a bit for me, because that's interesting. Uh, that, that particular choice. That choice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So something that I became pretty clear about early on in my coaching career was that, you know, folks were coming to me because they wanted to achieve something. They wanted something. I want, I want to, you know, I want to make more money. I want to own my own business. I want to be CEO. I want to retire. I want a relationship. I, I want, I want, I want. And what it was really clear to me early on was, you know, yeah, you want the thing, but really what you want, and this is true of all of us, mm. everything we want and everything we think we want, it's actually not for the thing. It's the feeling we think we would have as a result of the thing. So all of us are after a feeling state and we use the thing as a proxy and we're trained to use that thing as a proxy and then become just so attached to the thing and the strategy. And it, I, I really, I, I think it's largely due to our educational system and how we develop as humans. You know, we start in school and we do what we're told. You get good grades, you make your parents happy, you get good grades so you can go to college and a good college, you can university, you can get a good job and then you can make lots of money and then you'll be happy. And so we start putting all of our trust into the strategy, the formula. Let me follow the formula and then, I, then I'll be happy, I guess. And so, we, so that's, that's figuring it out. I'm gonna map from A to B to C to D to thing because that's what I'm supposed to do, I think, to be happy, but it never works because we're never really checking. Wait, well, is that going to get me to what I want to feel? Like, what is it that I really want to feel? And I'll tell you, when I asked that question, you know, early on in a relationship with a client, it's like, okay, I hear you. You want to start your own business. That's great. But let's get clear. Like, what do you want to feel? <gasps> And it's like, whoa, it's, that's such a nourishing question. And so what feeling it out, you know, so this choice to feel it out, not figure it out, it really brings the wisdom back that what you're after is a feeling. So let's get clear on that first and then let's see what it's going to take. Yeah. But to take a contrary view for the sake of uh, the argument, um, the trouble is that many feelings are replicated by doing different things. So you could achieve that feeling from doing something else. So if you mm -hmm. want to feel some sense of... Uh, and I mean, we'll quibble over the word feeling for a couple of hours, I'm sure. But using your transpersonal thing, transpersonal psychology, if you said a feeling of satisfaction, I mean, I could get a feeling of satisfaction from doing nothing and sitting on the sofa this evening because feelings <laughs> are uh, feelings themselves in that sense are choices. Oh, absolutely. But see, that's when I would bring back in this bigger con conversation around purpose. Like as you were talking about, like we want to do things with purpose. So it's it's not we don't want to just stop at that that level examination of like, well, what is it that I want to feel? Well, I want to feel happy. Oh, okay. Or I want to feel satisfied. Well, okay. But it really is. A, it's a, it's a richer exploration of, well, what is it that I truly want to feel? And honestly, what it always maps back to is some sense of peace of mind, freedom, and joy, love, love is a big one. And to bring that into awareness and then take stock of what's going on really does, it does, it, it, it really kind of creates some big shifts. And so 
you know, the, the bigger conversation and particularly what I spill out in the book is, is really more of a way of how we want to navigate on a, a, a moment to moment, day by day basis. Right. So it's the difference between, oh, that sounds like a good idea versus, oh, that feels right. And so it's learning to re-navigate from that old way of, let me just do what the strategy is so that I can ultimately end up happening to being more present, following that expansive feeling, which might sometimes be illogical, but will always lead to the path of most joy. So basically you're repurposing the narrative around feelings rather than around, well, not essentially experiences because they are feelings, but rather than around um, items or acquisitions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that fair? That's right. You know, I, well, and I would say, you know, it's, it's recognizing that, you know, if what we want to feel, what, if, if really what we're after is a, is a feeling state, then why not be honoring that more on a moment to moment basis than placing what we think is going to be the right thing in a thing outside of us. Yeah. So yes. you're right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I've just, uh, I, was, I always go onto Amazon to see what the reviews are like. And I've just found a book called Living on Purpose by somebody else. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's so funny. Second. Have I, have I, have I? There's, there's a handful of them I found. Yeah. <laughs> there it, is it's a like hand- someone's had this idea before. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, the truth be told, there I wanted are. to title my book Always on Purpose because that's the name of my practice that I've had for yes. since 2011. And, and the publisher was like, well... We think we could come up with a better name. I don't think I don't think always on purpose is the right title. And it's so, a great title. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. What do publishers know? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. So um, so it's sitting on Amazon with fantastic reviews. And I'm just sort of um, um, looking down at this. And, and and actually the sort of reviews all seem to come about around this idea of this is a very practical book as well. It's, um, it's sort of very kind. It's very, it's got lots of tidbits of wisdom, I think is one of the phrases. So was that the idea? Was it, was it, because some people want want to write a um, a sort of an academic tome. Some people want to change the paradigm and some people want to help people navigate a sort of sensible path. It's where where are you sitting on that? Right. Right there. The latter it's, I mean, I, as early as I can remember, I, I, I just knew that uh, this is going to sound so cliche, but just I'm here to raise the vibration of consciousness. I just, I, everything I've been doing and everything I care about is truly, truly about making the world a better place. And when I was young in high school and college, I taught math um, in, you know, in high school, I was tutor. And then at UC Berkeley, I was teaching math for the STEM majors while I was actually majoring in it. And And what I absolutely loved about it was just the ability to translate complex concepts in a really practical, digestible way for people to get an aha. And what I learned was that my gift, or at least what I became really good at really young, starting in high school, was that I I was able to discern just through picking up on people's body language and logic and argument as I'm working with them, I'm able to discern what it is that they don't know that they don't know that was keeping them stuck. And, you know, and when you're teaching something as objective as math, it's easy to really check to see, you know, if you're right with your hunches. And so I started to hone that skill of listening for 
what it was that they didn't know that they didn't know, and then be able to use logic and argument to help them derive their unknowns so they can close the gap and transform on them on their own. So it's really teaching someone to fish instead of handing them a fish. And so I got really good at that through the, through the language of math. And then when I threw in the language of the, you know, of say transpersonal psychology, then I was able to round out that skill. And so now through the language here, like this, like you and me are talking, I'm able to use logic, but then weave together ideas and, and principles and take really abstract and sometimes hard to understand complex concepts, but, you know, hopefully articulate them in a way that just makes sense. And so that's something I've been working on for the past 10 years in my coaching practice and all the work that I do with leaders and teams. And, and so that's why I knew in 2019, okay, I'm ready. I can do this. Let's put it in a book form and uh, set off and went for it. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because um, people don't think of maths as being a language, but it is, isn't it? And, you know, I was a musician and that's a language. And I don't think people think of the world in terms of languages and the narrative that we build for ourselves and, and how important words are. And that's why oh. I, I have a I usually have a big argument on here with people who talk about feelings. I'm not doing it with you. And I think we're all fed up with it. And um, <laughs> but it's but it is just a it is just a language, isn't it? And whether oh. you're thinking rationally or with this feelings idea, then you know it's it doesn't matter. It's it what it's what works. That's all that matters in the world, isn't it? Oh, you are just making my heart sing right now. That's exactly right. You know, and I think, I mean, I think if your heart was singing, we'd both be worried (laughs) (laughs) as a, as a literal (laughs) person. That's so funny. Right. (laughs) Speaking of language and semantics, absolutely. But but no, it's, it's your, and, and that's why going back to, that's why I find communication so enthralling because this is where everything's happening and words create worlds. And we walk into, we create our reality by virtue of really, I mean, there's a lot, there's so much more than just the words themselves, but it's so powerful and everything's happening through the medium of language. So I, I too was a musician. So I played piano. I've, I've played piano all my life and, you know, math, music go hand in hand, but yeah, you're right. Sure. It's mm-hmm. through these mediums that we are able to really essentially, um, we come to life. We come yeah. to life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Okay, so if I want to get my pause on this um, remarkable tome, where will yeah. we find it? Yes. Well, you can find on like you said on Amazon. It is on Amazon, yeah. right there. Yeah. And I would say, you know, I know in the U.S. it's available where all books are sold, which is, you know, a big plus. But um, yeah, for us right now, I would say on Amazon, and then on my website, of course, you can order it from my website, which is alwaysonpurpose.com. Yeah. And uh, looking on your website, obviously you're all over the social media, um, Malarkey. So uh, we can find you on Instagram, Facebook, and all other. Oh yeah, Are you on TikTok. Just no, you know, I'll tell you, I, I am, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. So I've, I have a, I'm, 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 I love LinkedIn and the communities on LinkedIn. I'm not much on Instagram and on Facebook. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on Twitter. I just, I'm dedicated yeah. to the work that I do. And then, yeah. you know, and then I'm out in the world through LinkedIn and that, in that medium. But, you know, quite, quite frankly, it's just it takes a lot of bandwidth. <laughs> and I'm like, it's like, it takes so much bandwidth and I'm just not willing to, to divide my time to those outlets at the moment. You know, LinkedIn gets my time. Well, 
as much as I can, but really it's my clients in the world that yeah. I'm creating and doing the work here in this way. Yeah. We talk about language and, and uh, purpose and things. I always wonder at people that spend all their life on social media. I just wonder if they're actually serving clients. Whereas, you know, I find I'm just too busy doing client work. Know. You nailed it. That's exactly. Yeah. I'm just repeating what you said. So that's, that's why like, I'm like, good, because that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We're finally agreeing again with passion. Yes. <laughs> Such a boring conversation, isn't it? Yeah. Well, look, I'm going to go and buy this book. So it sounds absolutely fascinating. So if nothing else, you're going to get one sale from this. So that's really Aww. brilliant. So let's just quickly recap. The book is called Living on Purpose. Perfect. And five deliberate find, choices. Yeah. Five deliberate choices. Yeah. And we're going to see any Eliza Wong on her website, which is alwaysonpurpose.com. And um, it's been brilliant to talk to you today. I know it's short and sweet, but it's been fantastic. And well, you've really summarized your approach. And I just find it difficult to disagree with anything you're saying, sadly. <laughs> I've done the best. <laughs> oh, friend. Well, thank you. Well, this has truly been a pleasure. I really Good. enjoy. I've enjoyed this conversation. Yeah. Well, enjoy the rest of your day and thanks for spending time with us. Thank you so much. Thank you take care. Hi, everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. Feedback is always welcomed. And if you're in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.